Hello, career competitor. This is Steve Meller, as always here to share with you some powerful conversation and some significant insights into what it means to optimize your career in pursuit of your optimal self. I am excited to be introducing our guest here shortly. But as always, let me draw your attention to careercompetitor.com, where you'll see right at the top of that homepage is a place where you can enter your email and become a part of my monthly subscription, my mid-monthly message, where I am just simply giving you that little nudge in the middle of the month to remember that whatever it was you set out to achieve with all that energy at the outset of the month and what Ever those lofty goals may be at the end of the month that you're not going to lose sight of that journey in between. Become a part of my community today. Head to careercompetitor.com, enter your email, and look forward to my next mid-monthly message. Now, let's get right into the show. Hello there and welcome into Career Competitor where my guest today is Kerry Davidson, the founder and CEO of Tornasol Wellness and the author of the book, The Five Archetypes. Kerry's going to get the introduction she certainly deserves here in a moment. But before that, let's just go over some of the key insights for what you can expect within the episode here today. Firstly, we're going to get into the importance of rising above our natural tendency to avoid discomfort. Secondly, we're going to cover the power of the pause and how it allows us to practice what we notice. And finally, we will also discuss why empathy is the foundational component for lasting success. So these key insights and much more courtesy of our guest, Carrie Davidson, within this episode of Career Competitor, and I hope you all enjoy Okay, our career competitor today is a world-renowned speaker, author, and founder, and is an expert in making empathy a habit. Drawing upon over 25 years of experience as an HR innovator and wellness entrepreneur, our guest's greatest gifts include being able to quickly diagnose the root source of complex problems while having the natural instinct to dial in on the thorniest client challenges to identify inspired and actionable solutions. This passionate educator has refined their skills across thousands of clients and students worldwide, having taught for Microsoft, Tony Robbins, government agencies, universities, and Fortune 500 companies, just to name a few, having founded Tornasol Wellness in New York City to provide programs that combine groundbreaking science with ancient teachings for individuals and organizations, our guest made the foundations of her teachings public in 2020 when releasing her book, The Five Archetypes, Discover Your True Nature and Transform Your Life and Relationships. It gives me great pleasure to welcome in the magnificent Kerry Davison to Career Competitor. Kerry, how are we doing? Well, I'm great after that introduction. Uh, like, hey, can you hang out with me all the time? <laughs> I'll just do that every time you walk into a room. I'll just give you that intro. I'm like, damn, I did some good stuff. How about that? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to dive into it. I love that you're my first guest of the year. I think it's so timely. Uh, I'm always a, an advocate for the universe doing its thing. And, and you came into my life about two months ago, I would say now. And uh, we've had this wonderful ability just to get 
get to know each other a little bit, get to know each other through our own books as well, uh, which has been kind of a cool way to, to build a relationship. But before we go any further, Kerry, I would love to just start with maybe some insights about, hey, it's the beginning of a new year and you've worked with so many people from so many different walks of life. What might be that insight that you like to provide folks around this time of year with the whole year ahead of them, all this real estate of opportunity and excitement that they may be trying to harness? What, what, what is that typical sort of insight for you and your clients that you work with? That's a great question because I hear a lot of people get anxious at this time at this time of year about what am I going to create this year? Everything's so slow. What am I going to what am what deals am I going to make? What connections am I going to make? And the advice I have is to really harness and make friends with the winter. Mm-hmm. It's here it's here to nourish our roots, to hold us still for a minute so that uh, we can open up to the infinite potential that will come. That's about to kind of, if you if you look at it from the perspective of, of nature, the winter nourishes the seeds so that we can produce in the springtime. So the advice I would give would be find beauty in the stillness, find beauty in being able to meditate or reflect um, and and nourish those seeds that you planted in the fall and in the mm. summer last year. Yeah, there's an element of patience that comes with that, huh? There's a lot of patience. It's a lot of sitting and trusting as well. Huge amount of trust mm-hmm. of just saying stillness is okay. Stillness is okay. Quiet is okay. Calm is okay. And that doesn't normally sit well with folks, huh? That, that's normally they want to see a result. They want to see or feel momentum. And I even spoke about this on social media just yesterday of just this need to take small steps and that a small step right now, maybe even a patient or still step, maybe a step where you just contemplate and think how that can serve you right now as opposed to taking these drastic monumental shifts, huge changes, because a lot of the time that can be really hard to maintain. So I'm just curious when you bring this up now because it's very fitting because it's going to certainly be be something we cover within the conversation further i think but bringing this up now i'm curious how how difficult is it for folks that you work with just to simply accept sometimes that stillness patience trusting can be this thing that can really be of benefit to them it's one of the hardest things i think people experience I I I know the beauty of it, and I wake up sometimes with that. Oh, when's it gonna happen? Or you know that um, just inability to be in the not knowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a, a lot of you know the ego can't tolerate not knowing what's gonna happen, and the mind feels more comfortable filling it with something rather than emptiness. And many times that something is worst case scenario or some fantasy, you know, rather than just being in the stillness and knowing that the stillness opens your perspective. And all of a sudden you could be taking a shower or taking a walk and those ideas come. But if we stuck you know, if we force the mind to know something, we are actually limiting our potential and we don't even realize it just to feel better so that we know something. Mm. Okay. So we're right <laughs> where, we're, we are right where I want to be. We are right where I want to be um, because the, 
the, the the funny thing here is that you know you you uh, you gifted me your book about about a month and a half ago, and to say that I have read it at a slow pace is an understatement. I am I am absorbing this thing with cop- like copious amount of notes, uh, and I. I there's books that do this to me sometimes they just stop me in my track and they really just challenge me to just consider a paragraph to sit and reflect i read it on a train while i was in england a little bit and i was with my children and and as much as of a distraction they were it was almost good because it gave me like time to reflect on what i just read and Mm. uh the first sort of part of the book that i think is really important for us to go into here today is you you reference this notion of the how versus the what and, and and you tell your personal account of just how you came to that realization on your own too, and and so much of what you're already alluding to here captures that uh, certainly to some extent. So I'd love for you just to maybe present this notion in in your own words, this this notion of the how versus the what, and how it's the what that can really give us this opportunity for growth versus remaining in the how. Mm. Yeah. So I wrote the book in 2019. And between then and now, my uh, understanding of the how versus the what has expanded. Probably <laughs> even the day after I right, turned right, in right, the right. manuscript, it was like, oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> the What I've noticed in teaching and working with people and just being a human in the world is that there's a desire to understand who did this to me how did this happen to me how did i get blame finger point to pin the responsibility outside of myself it's safer it feels better so we have a tendency to have a very quick reaction when when we have an emotional moment of discomfort because i don't want to feel that you know humans aren't really taught how to deal with discomfort well so that first thing is like oh it's uncomfortable who how (laughs) what happened um but the ability to rise above that is uh is what will guide us towards a happier life to be able to pause and take a look at what's happening in my in my environment what's happening inside of me did i get breakfast today? Did I not get good sleep? Did I, did my kids make me late because they wouldn't put on their shoes? So what is contributing to my inability to have resilience in this moment and make a choice that can contribute to the beauty and the harmony of a relationship or, or my own, you know, insides and my own thoughts. Uh, so it's kind of expanded more in that, you know, I, I notice other, I, I notice more context coming through in the individuals. Every day I learn something new. Mm-hmm. And so the context of how this, how this happens for different people has uh, really expanded my knowledge. But that whole, the, the basic concept is still the same, whereas we are just driven to say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. Who did it? <laughs> well, the first the first part of that uh, response there, I, I relate with massively. Having written a book myself, I, I already want to go back and reorder the chapters and change out right. words. Like, I, I get it. I get it. That's, that's a hard, one of the hardest things of writing a book is you think it's right when you submit it, and then it takes about a week for you to want to change it. But um, 
But what what you're getting to here, this this notion of discomfort, and I wanted to get to this today, so I'm so glad you took us there, is this notion of being you, you said there being taught discomfort and 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 that we aren't taught discomfort that that life teaches us discomfort but only if we're willing to allow it right only if we say hey i welcome you discomfort i say i see this 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 this, this discomfort wow that's a tongue twister this discomfort and i and i welcome you in whereas you say that natural human tendency is to say get away from me discomfort get away so when you think about the work that you're doing with clients, what might be a step or two that listeners here could maybe take away with them and say, okay, what what does welcoming discomfort look like? Or how can I start to at least create this awareness to it to even be able to recognize, hey, I'm I'm actually pushing it away when I need to be welcoming it in. Yeah. And just listening to you, um, thinking of my entire life (laughs) until I started to realize this stuff and how I how hard it is to hear someone say just sit with that (laughs) and that's like like you can go you know where (laughs) you go sit with that (laughs) it's it is hard um so if I were going to give listeners uh some activity to do to build your ability to sit with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Well, being able to sit with that corresponds to, in the five elements system, water. Most people on our planet don't have a good relationship with the water element. They don't have a lot of water in them. Water is the ability to sit still and open open the aperture of the mind to see different perspectives, to sit in nuance, uh, to, to be in that gray area where you don't just see things as all good or all bad. And to build the audience member's ability to, to do that, it starts with the physical component of water, which is stay hydrated with water. Many people say, I drink a lot of tea, but tea is a stringent. Uh, it's fine, but don't replace water <laughs> with right. tea. So have have water and work on getting good sleep. Those are water. El- and think about how many people on the planet don't drink enough and don't get good sleep. So that impacts our ability um, to handle discomfort well. Uh, so those two things. And then I would say um, the third is practice pausing when practice noticing you're feeling discomfort. Just notice we, we go so quick from discomfort into action to fix it. There's no pause. So just recognize you're feeling it all of a sudden starts to build a muscle that you can flex. It's more available to you in those moments. And you're like, Oh, wait, I'm feeling discomfort. Now I remember I got to pause. <laughs> right. Those are the first steps. And, and that will take you like 80% of the way. 80% is a heck of a lot better than zero. <laughs> and, that, yeah. and I think, and, and I love, I love that you actually just put that little nuance there at the end. And that's so important for people to hear because I think there's always this chase of mastery, right? We want to get to mastery right away. We want to figure it out right away. We want that solution right away. But what you're saying here is this is a step or one or two or three steps that can really get you well on your way. But then yeah. the, I would have to assume that 80 to the 100%, and maybe you never get to the 100%, I think. 
that's we can both admit that <laughs> but the, the fact <laughs> of the matter is that at some point that repetition that practice you know for me to bring in the athlete of me now it's just that that notion of the muscle that you referenced there there's an opportunity with that muscle to start saying now that i'm actually pausing now that i'm actually noticing I can start to get the reps of actually welcoming discomfort because those first few reps aren't going to feel good. They're not because you're, you're, whatever age of life that you're up to right now, you have that many years of practice not doing that, <laughs> right? Wow. So like that initial jump into this, I have to assume, and you can maybe speak from experience here, but some of those first repetitions, some of that first opportunity to, to flex and work that muscle, I have to assume you've noticed a lot of just you know, difficulty in that, in that phase. Yeah. It's such a, a gut response mm -hmm. reaction. I'm uncomfortable. Who did this to me? I would even encourage people to notice when they do that and see how fast do you go from discomfort to blame. Mm. And it's, it's hard for people to let go of it. I'll have, I will teach a whole workshop. And then open it up for discussion and have people say, but yeah, yeah, but what if they did blah, blah, blah? Or what right. if the person re I'm like, okay, <laughs> this just shows that we don't have a lot of water in our energy, that ability to sit still and recognize things about ourselves. It's, um, it is, it is very painful, um, to go from a, and difficult to go from the perspective of taking things personally to opening up to there's a journey here. Mm -hmm. um, like, hold on a minute. This is a teaching moment. This is an opportunity to maybe mend a relationship or set a boundary. But when we react so quickly, we're actually shutting down all potential. We shut it down. We go into our corner and uh yeah we limit all the beautiful things we could create if we would sit still and open our minds and our eyes to gathering more information here before making a decision well it, it's so timely that carrie has taken us to this notion of just making time for yourself and focusing in on yourself because at the heart of this problem we are often faced with this inability to focus for extended periods of time and that leads to inconsistencies in some of these practices towards self-care self-development and self-discovery to keep my focus throughout the day i've always been a day-long coffee drinker and quite frankly it is a short-term solution at best because it's really not helping me with my focus. And that is where our sponsor, Magic Mind, comes in. I have been using Magic Mind throughout 2024 so far. And folks, I am telling you that this is the game changer when it comes to focus, elevated performance, and simply establishing long-term consistency throughout your day. I haven't eliminated coffee entirely because I really love my coffee. So when I wake up around 5.15, I have my black coffee and then another at breakfast with the family around 7-ish before I take my shot of Magic Mind right as the day really gets into high gear around 8.30 in the morning. Magic Mind's daily productivity shot is made with all natural ingredients, zero sugar with a key ingredient of matcha, otherwise known as nature's extended release of caffeine. 
I then stay at elevated focus, elevated creativity, and just overall elevated energy for the rest of my workday without a crash or need for a refill at any point. Now, obviously, I want you all to benefit the same way I am. So I need you to head to magicmind.com slash career competitor. That's magicmind.com slash career competitor and enter code competitor20 to get up to 56% off your first subscription and 20% off your one-time purchase. That's code competitor20 spelled C-O-M-P-E-T-I-T-O-R-2-0 to get 56% off your first subscription and 20% off your one-time purchase. I highly recommend their 30-pack of productivity shots as it is their best value for money. And I know that you will not regret this investment into both your productivity and into your health. Head to magicmind.com slash career competitor right now. Grab yourself some of their awesome product and enter competitor20 to get up to 56% off your first subscription and 20% off your one-time purchase. I so appreciate the folks at Magic Mind and I know you will too. I love that you're actually acknowledging that the impact is not just on the self, that the relationship is benefited too. And and to you know anybody listening to this, if you, if you need that extra added component of encouragement of, of why this is something you can implement, if it's, if it's difficult for you to get past that, well, let's just make it about me. Find one, two, five people in your life that you know might benefit from you getting more comfortable with that water energy that you possess. You know, because... I, I happen to know as someone who is a high empath, and I want to get onto empathy with you now. For me, focusing on me first has been very, very difficult for the 38 years I've been on this planet. Like, it's not come easy to me to do that. So sometimes I actually take steps towards developing myself by putting it through that lens of what might this personal investment of self do for the relationships that I really care about. And, and that's actually helped me a ton over the last, say, four or five years of my own personal journey. So again, you know, the book goes into so much of both sides of this with this notion of the self and then the benefit on the relationships as well. And I'm curious just from this insight that I'm providing here, have you had any experience where you maybe notice that with folks where they may be more externally motivated by the benefits of, of those around them versus the benefits on themselves at all? Certain people, yes. People yeah. who have high fire in their energy or high earth will will be more motivated by, hey, you can improve your relationships mm-hmm. than perhaps high wood or high water who um, are more motivated by um, wood might be motivated by execution. You can get more done if you're more empathetic. Things will move faster. That's a motivation for wood. For water, um, you can you can be more you can uh, contribute more wisdom and power to yourself and others if you think more from this perspective of relationship but earth um the earth energy is all about uh relationship it desires it can overvalue relationship and so undervalue themselves so they're more motivated by saying like hey you can improve your marriage you can improve your friendships yeah and i i 
maybe historically I would have given you more time to go into all the different energies, but I'm so insistent that people not only get a copy of your book, but they go check out all your information that I don't want to give away all this stuff that they can access themselves away from the podcast. And I, I see this as just this amazing 30, 35 minutes that I get carry all to myself. I don't want to, I don't want to have too much of that time uh, you know, taken up by information that people can go access elsewhere. But I love that you keep referencing this stuff. And I think even just the the way in which you're doing it, I think gives a little bit of insight into what people can benefit from just learning more uh, about these five energy types uh, that you that you discuss within the book and uh like i said i will i will give you that information at the end of the episode in terms of where people can go get this information from etc but i do want to move on to what was probably a little bit more of a say a vague open-ended question because i want to get onto this notion of empathy and empathy has been as hot a topic within the workplace for at least the last three years if not a little bit longer than that as someone who is obviously an expert within that field I'm curious just from your your expertise like what is the what what is the importance of of empathy within the workplace when you think about it through this lens of high performance these high performance individuals these high performing teams that you've worked with why is empathy such an essential part of those environments Empathy in my opinion is the actual foundation of high performance and and people who value speed and execution and getting the next deal closed um, over empathy, they lose sight of how much more could actually get done. And so, for example, without empathy, we don't build trust. Right? Ongoing empathy is you see me, you honor what I need, you don't judge what I need, and you inspire me to be my best in a way that I can count on. It's consistent. It's reliable. You're not one way when you're in a good mood and one other way when things aren't going well. I can count on you. That's trust. Trust is it happens over and over and over again with consistency and that you take responsibility for those moments where you go haywire <laughs> and you're not your best. Uh, without trust, we cannot have open and honest communication and listening. That give and take of ideas, of potential, of, uh, of being flexible, of um, innovation, all the things that these high-powered companies need. And so imagine if we lack empathy and we're just all about speed and execution and closing the deal. You are sucking the creativity and innovation dry. No one trusts you, so they're not telling you the truth. So they're hiding how miserable they are, and then they're going to leave. And then all of a sudden, who's going to take care of the business that you're so excited about closing this year? Right. Right. So yeah, that's where empathy is just the foundation of everything working well. I mean, if there's a statement that anybody's going to take from this, empathy is the foundation for high performance. I mean, I know that. I love that you're preaching that. And in your experience, or maybe just when you look at now the sort of general with a general overview of, of the workspace, because there's no doubt this has gotten so much better and come along so far, say, 5, 10, 20 years ago. 
But what's preventing these high-performance teams or these hopeful high-performance teams now from actually saying, okay, I agree. I agree with what you just said there, Kerry. I agree that empathy is going to be the foundation for high performance. What is that limiting belief, so to speak, that is preventing teams from seeing that empathy is, in fact, the key foundational ingredient? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think we get the definition of empathy wrong most Hmm. of the time. I don't think we're doing it right. People imagine that all it is is I have to let go of who I am and honor you even when you're bothering me. And so I think that's one of the big problems. Uh, the I think the other problem is that empathy is a slow behavior. <laughs> empathy requires that I slow down. People who desire um, closing a deal or moving or you know, momentum or innovation or execution over empathy, the the relationship to empathy is like, that's small talk. That's like not doing anything. That's not getting, that's not moving the ball down the field. Uh, So I think that there's, um, there's a need for a little bit of humility to first understand the value in what empathy does, even if it's slow, but also we need to redefine what empathy actually is. And then all of a sudden it won't feel so cumbersome because you'll immediately see the impact of your effort in helping inspire people to come forward with truth, with optimism, with inspiration, with ideas, all the things that are really whole anchoring the company and getting inert and having to drag people across the finish line to get things done. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it makes me think of another word that I, I consistently find myself wanting to sort of strangle the definition for in the workplace, which is that of authenticity. Like authenticity is another one of these words that just, it's almost like show up and just be whoever the heck you want to be. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. Like let's, let's just come down a little bit here. And, and, and I think that is sometimes the difficult thing when these buzzwords come in, they accelerate at such a high rate that things as something as simple as the definition slowly gets rewired. It gets reframed in a way that you almost lose control of the way in which this can become a tool within your workspace. And to what you're saying here, there's a need for us just to sort of, let's go back to this theme that's been throughout the whole show so far, pause, like to be able to pause and say, wait, are we using empathy? Are we looking at empathy the right way? Or are we just simply throwing it around this room right now, assuming that we all sort of understand it on the same page when half the room is looking at it through a lens that quite frankly is incorrect and is is too gray when it's a little bit more black and white is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. I mean, I think if we were doing empathy well, and you did a, a, a survey of, of employees in a company and asked, do you feel safe saying anything, you know, any cool idea, being innovative, taking risks on behalf of the company and the team in every interaction, are the answers would be across the board really high. Because that's what empathy, real empathy, uh, reveals. That's what it builds. Safety. It builds safety. I like that. It's yeah. awesome. Um, well, 
one area is optimization that I wanted to get to as well. This is a world that we both operate in. I'm all about the optimal self, optimal performance in terms of everything that we do on the show and in terms of all I do with my coaching and the way in which you reference optimization within the book. I really enjoyed the sort of the uh, the, the the definition that you explain, at least this passage that I took of this, by simply learning and understanding uh, your primary archetype, stress and strength states you can gain greater control over them. So there's this notion of saying, embrace these things that maybe cause, that, that are stresses, that are strengths of yours. And just by simply knowing these things, you immediately position yourself to optimize what you can produce. I would love for you just to expand a little bit more now beyond that for me, just this whole notion and this way in which you present what it means to be you know, optimizing what you do. Yeah, I, I would even invite you to think about like all the people that you work with. I, I tend to see that most people really want to understand themselves and, and like, just, I don't know why I do these things. I don't know why I get stuck. I don't know why there's confusion and look at the popularity of um, astrology of personality tests, all these things we, we, we want to know ourselves. And when we do know ourselves, when we understand how we get in our own way and how to overcome it, um, I think people have a sense of relief. And it's okay then to sit still in the discomfort because you can depersonalize like, oh, okay, this is not, I'm not bad. I'm not a failure. This is this is a natural pattern and I know exactly how to overcome it. And so in that space, we're optimizing how we use our mind. And so I really feel like at the at the foundation of um success is the ability to change your mind, to change to recognize the thoughts you're having at the that like nascent infant stage, right when they pop in and be able to recognize it. So know who I am and and optimize it. So reframe it in those early stages. And we each have a very predictable way that this happens and a very predictable um, uh, framework for how to overcome it. So knowing, knowing ourselves, knowing our strengths and challenges and how to cure it, how to solve for it really optimizes every moment. I then, you know, if I can shift my mind, I'm not going to yell at my kid for the dirty room, <laughs> for the messy room, because I'm going to say, oh, wait, I didn't have the conversation with him last night about how I wanted the morning to go. We didn't plan ahead. That's on me. Mm -hmm. And if I yell at my child, what is that going to do to his day? So all of a sudden, I can pull back all of those um, instinctive, reactive uh, thoughts, words, and choices, behaviors, and I can optimize my own self so I won't be in pain, being annoyed, and I won't create pain for my child. Mm. Look at all the ripple effect of what I didn't create, and all the all the mistakes I don't have to go back and apologize for. So that's a that's kind of does that make sense for it? It absolutely does, and I'm like I'm trying to just like with your book, I'm trying to write notes as fast as I can. Okay, I can't write notes fast enough. Is this notion of, you know, by not creating pain for myself, 
I'm therefore not creating pain within relationships within environments around me. And I love that you personalized it by just referencing something like parenting as I was sharing with you before we started recording. Like two weeks away, traveling across the across an ocean, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. You don't <laughs> oh, think gosh. I found a couple of moments where all I wanted to do was just grab them by the shoulders and say, Why are you not listening to me? And yeah. I had this I had this realization when we were in a hotel on the way back, having done the cross Atlantic flight. And my son just wasn't listening. And I stopped in that moment. I said, Steve, you created this situation for him. You created this. You put him on a flight. You took him to go see his grandparents. You completely destroyed his routine for the last two weeks. So you don't have, you are not in a position right now to be holding this three-year-old boy to a level of accountability that your natural intention is telling you to. Stop, pause, think. How much of this was created by me? how much of this is actually on him and it just made me realize like it had nothing to do with him it was the it was the situation that i'd put him in but this is exactly what you that that little moment and that whole little thought process maybe lasted 15 seconds 20 seconds something like that yeah and it was enough for me just to reduce my temper to reduce my frustration el- eliminate pain and immediately just sort of give my son a hug and <laughs> just like hey yeah. i get it dude you're tired I'm tired. We're all yeah. tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, I think when you can take little tiny clips like that in your day and start to work on practicing it in your own household, you'll be amazed how much easier it is to do that with a human that's maybe of your age, demographic at least, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. maybe someone who's multiple generations removed from you as you are as a parent. Um, so I just really appreciate you personalizing it. Sometimes I think anyone listening to this is like, just give me that real life example and mm-hmm. you know, I can see you nodding and, and and your wheels kind of turning here while I'm speaking. So I want to, I want to, I just want to send it back to you now, just to kind of, you know, finish off this whole point, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I, you said that whole thing took me 15 seconds, and we were talking about leaders and companies and high achievers wanting speed, mm-hmm. and we're talking 15 seconds at most sometimes. Sometimes even less. It's just a realization. And what if you could change the dance in that Mm -hmm. moment rather than yell at yell at the the coworker or the partner or the you know person on your team that's trying to you know produce something for you? What if you could shift the dance if you took those fifteen seconds and said, "Tell me more. Tell me more about that." And all of a sudden, you're creating this bond where someone feels safe, just like your child. Mm-hmm. What the the opposite would have been crying. I mean, you know where that goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same in a company. Mm-hmm. Fifteen seconds to create a whole new potential of a whole new world. Who knows mm-hmm. what could happen? It's so incredible. I just loved hearing you say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's and again, it's it's. Uh, I like giving these accounts of my own life and I love that you gave so many of your own because I think that's where people just need to realize this. It's all about being human. It's all about the fact that we've all got our blind spots. We've all got our flaws and we're all working on so many of the same things. But what I love about your work, Carrie, is that you're making us aware. You're making us aware of these things. You're encouraging us to notice uh, that word we probably if i was to do a word search on this on this interview we probably use the word notice countless times um and i think that's a, such a powerful word for anybody heading into this new year of what does it look like in your world 
to just simply notice, just to notice. And, and what does that word mean to you? Are you even implementing it? Um, so many just valuable insights. And I joked with you before we started recording, it was going to be so hard just to keep get, get everything in that I wanted to get in. And I probably didn't, but I love keeping my episodes about 30, 35 minutes. I've noticed that's pretty much everybody's uh, general sort of window of, of attention these days. Uh, but with that being said, Carrie, I do still want to give you that opportunity to share with everybody where we can learn more about you. And then also just in closing, anything that you think we can all stand to learn from you uh, in addition to the already awesome stuff you've shared. Mm. Well, certainly my website, the book is great. Um, We have a YouTube channel with some little videos where I try to keep it short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. I am... I'm in the middle of uh, beta testing a uh, a text platform mm-hmm. where um, where people will receive two text messages a day that are these tiny little reminders about how to how to pause in the face of discomfort, and so they're customized by your archetypes because each one of us can't tolerate certain very specific things. And so I would say if I could leave everyone with something, it would really be that, um, that ability to recognize your discomfort, whatever brand it is, whatever's causing it, whatever the trigger is, just recognize it. See if you could start noticing a pattern and in those moments, insert something peaceful, (laughs) which can sometimes be a 15 second pause. It could be look out the window and see look at a tree or hum a tune you love or eat a piece of chocolate if you're fiery like me. <laughs> see if you can pause there. That's what I would leave people with because it's our reactive states that cause disharmony in ourselves, in our relationships and in the greater collective. Well, I appreciate all of that. I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. Uh, I appreciate this time. Uh, it's just such valuable time. Um, and kerrydavidson.com is the website too for, for those wondering. All this information will be in the show notes. Kerry, uh, I appreciate you. I, I just so thoroughly enjoy getting to know you so far and look forward to continuing to do so throughout this year and beyond. So just best of luck with the year and thanks again for joining us. Likewise. Thank you. You're amazing. I am deeply happy that we crossed paths as well. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Some truly insightful and just empowering conversation there with Carrie. And I cannot encourage you all enough to go learn about more of what she's doing and what she represents. Grab a copy of her book as well. All that information is going to be in the show notes. Uh, Before I let you go, just my final insight on this particular discussion is, folks, listen, when it comes to dealing with discomfort, there's really only one way to do that, and that is by accepting it and welcoming it into your world, getting those repetitions when it comes to your discomfort and getting to know yourself better in terms of how you handle it and how you're capable of overcoming it as well. Train and get the reps with that discomfort muscle so you can rise above the adversities that life throws at you from this point onwards. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave me a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you, th- what you thought about the episode. So with that being said, reach out to me, steve at Career Competitor. 
koreacompetitor.com. Head to koreacompetitor.com. Learn all about anything and everything I've got going on within my coaching world, my coaching services right now. But most importantly, I want you guys to continue. I want you to continue to benefit from the insights that this show is providing. So don't forget to subscribe so that you're getting every episode. And hey, if you've got some time on a long car ride coming up, download a few past episodes too. I assure you that there will be some great insights there for you as well to continue to grow and to continue to pursue that optimal self within you. Best of luck in anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to doing this all again with you very soon. Bye for now.